Hello and welcome to The A-List, the podcast that asks the world's top advertising professionals how they got started in the business. I'm Tom Chrisman, Chief Creative Officer at DeMassimo Goldstein, an inspiring action agency in New York City. Today, I get to talk to Ari Weiss, who is the very first Chief Creative Officer of DDB North America, Doyle Dane Burnback, the original, the OG. We're going to talk about his job there, which is a huge job, but also how he got started and how he got into this business and his memories and the things that uh, he can teach young people getting in. And I can't wait for this conversation. First, all this is thanks to the fine people at Ad House Advertising School. Classes are starting in the next few weeks, and you could be learning from an ad genius in the agency where they work. They give you assignments, you do ads, you get critiqued each week, you get 10 classes for just 600 bucks. That's 10 chances to get to know and learn from A-listers like Cash Shree at Gyro. Brandon Drew Pierce from Droga5 is on the books this year. Super freelancer Paul Fix, love that guy. Classes start the week of September 20th, but they're filling up fast. Go to adhousenyc.com and tell them you heard about it here on the A-list podcast. And now, my conversation with Ari Weiss. Ari Weiss, Hello, in Tom. the booth. It's been years since I've seen you. It has been. Uh, I apologize. Where have you been? I've been still at that one poker game I used to play. I just never left yeah. the room. We yeah. played a lot of poker. My favorite was when I was coming up with the Domino's pizza boxes. I think it was me. And the door opened. <laughs> and uh, John Osborne was standing there, yes. and BBDO has Pizza Hut as a uh, as a client, and I have a pile of Domino's pizzas in my. In yeah, I think my, you had like twelve boxes. Yeah, and and he just looked at me, and I looked at him, and he just walked onto the elevator and said, "Make sure you throw them away." <laughs> they were never here. They were never here. Yeah, maybe that's what he said. Maybe he never. Maybe it wasn't John Osborne. It's just a guy who looked like John Osborne. We'll, I don't we'll, want to throw we'll him under the bus. We'll rewrite history to give John better quotes. Yeah. Uh, but you, uh, Ari Weiss, you are now uh, the first chief creative officer, right, at DDB yeah. North America. Yeah. Um, but where did you where did you start? You grew up in in California, right? I grew up in Berkeley, California. Um, one of four children to. Uh, my parents, who are hippies, as as one is, were they either a professor or a hippie? If yeah, you, if you're in Berkeley, and they were hippies. They were hippies, um, not professors. Um, <laughs> what did they do for a living? Uh, they were in the jewelry business. Okay, um, and they started by selling their wares, um, kind of uh, Native American turquoise on Telegraph Avenue. So. Really, as hippie as it, as it, as right. it gets. Yeah. So they they were artists. They made the uh, the. No, they 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 were creative directors. They okay. uh, they they found yeah nicely they curated. curated I think curated is the yes, word. Yes, they curated. They, right, they were on the curatorial committee of their business of two. And that's how you grew. Did you have brothers and sisters? I did. There were there were three others. Uh, after me came Adam, and then. Uh, Lara, and then my youngest brother, Elon. So you're the oldest. I am. And so you had nobody to really look up to as like, what do I do? You know. Oh, parents, did you did yes. you know did you know that you wanted to be? When did you know you wanted to be in in sort of a creative field? Or were you always? Um, I think I think probably high school. I, I you know this is pretty nerdy, but I started getting into like yearbook and a lot of photography stuff. I right. re- I really liked. Uh, 
the idea of telling a story in a single frame that was that was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think looking back, that was probably probably the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was going to go to school to be a photo journalist. Okay, um, and when uh, I got into our first uh, photojournalism class, <clears throat> I went to Boston University. Uh huh. And uh, I think I think the professor at the time was an ex Magnum, you know, photographer. So you know, as good as it gets in journalism. Right. He starts the kind of opening lecture, and this was probably by design, but by by saying, you know, he had spent time in, uh, you know, Uzbekistan and, and Afghanistan yeah. and every stand yeah. in, in trenches and war torn countries, and and I said, no, I'm 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 way too delicate. For really, this. I, I'm not I'm but, not gonna I'm not gonna make it in war torn countries. I need to find yeah another way of uh, telling single frame stories. And right. I think advertising was the next. Uh, gentlest version of it how did that play out did, was it over your time at at bu that you sort of started to, to yeah, say so, like what what are other ways to to make money as a photographer or was it like maybe so I, photography isn't for me i was i was I, I i still stayed on i was working on the school newspaper um i did some freelance gigs for um the boston globe i, I was covering a lot of sports stuff at the time um and you know, I, I I knew I loved it, but but I also I, I didn't think it was going to probably be my future. Um, <clears throat> so, I, I after taking the photography class, I did a um, kind of comms one hundred and one type course where they did you know ten days on film and then ten days on advertising, ten days on, on everything else. Um, and we had an assignment. I forget what it was for. I should. No, I actually do remember what it was for. It's for Brugger's Bagels, which was a, a New England. It's everywhere, but yeah. it was a New England bagel chain. Mm-hmm. And um, we had to put together a business plan and and how we were going to market it and you know do all that. And as we were working on that, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I, I think I might like this. And you know, I'm sure what we presented was horrible. But um, that summer, I went back to San Francisco, um, Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to obviously live with my parents and they they brought to my attention they said you know there's a kid in Adam's class who whose dad owns an ad agency maybe you should go talk to him if this is something you're interested in maybe you can intern so I um called him and and he, he was very very generous with his time um who was that do you remember I do remember his yeah. name was uh Jeff Goodby oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah and it's pretty you know, good guy to know yeah the year it was 19. 19- 96 or 7. Yeah. Um and so they I, were they were rocking. Yeah, they well they were ju- they had just done uh the Chevy's work mm-hmm. um which was which pretty was the, pretty transformational at the time. The 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 lives it was like yeah, the, the fresh, shot that fresh day toward, fresh. Yeah, fresh ads yeah. fresh fresh max. Shot that day they showed the <clears throat> the newspaper in the beginning of it yeah, and then they yeah, said yeah. here it is and it was a great could and, still be a great campaign now. Yeah, yeah, we would now. we would have executed it slightly differently, right? But, but the yeah. insight's awesome. Yeah, um, and I think uh, so. I, I, I put on my bar mitzvah suit. I, it like <laughs> came up, you know, a little short. Yeah, and uh, I uh, went to um, meet 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 Jeff, not and knowing I, how great they were, or did you had you done your research, or were you sort of like. I, I should have done more research. Right. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, they were also they were also just getting going. They were literally right. in their original building. They were right next to Grumpy's, which is you know a legendary ad bar. Um, but I thought you know everyone wears suits to to work, and yeah. so I'll wear the only yeah. suit I've ever owned. Yeah. 
Um, and I showed up and, and I think every, yeah, I'm actually positive everyone laughed at me um, for, for wearing the suit. I think it was like double breasted because my bonus was in the 80s yeah, and yeah. Man, that was what it was. Um, and I remember still, and I don't know if you know him, but but Matt Bajarchi, who was uh, at the time, know. he was Jeff's assistant. He then went on to become one of the best producers in advertising. He was actually the the, the EP at uh, Cliff Freeman for a while. Oh, wow. Um, and, and he's a very... Um, loud character yeah um, and he he just couldn't get enough of the, of this suit. of the suit yeah. yeah yeah so so i met with jeff and you know i think he he took pity on me and, and saw the suit and the effort probably and said no yeah. right, well let's let's give this guy a, a shot um so i came back and, and interned not, oh you did not in a suit this time right yeah right um and that was right when i'll always remember john soto and al kelly had just done the uh, Nike skateboarders campaign. Right. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, whoa. And describe like, that. Describe that for people. So this was, um, I'm, I'm going to, I always butcher the line and I shouldn't because it really was one of those kind of transformational campaigns for me. But um, the idea was, what if we treat all athletes the way we treat skateboarders? Right. Um, and the execution, and it was shot by, you know, Baker Smith, who had, I think it was Baker Smith at the time was, mm-hmm. you know, this, when it came to comedy, that's who shot. You know, yeah. great comedy. Um, the idea was was my favorite one was was the tennis one where it was kind of uh, two older cu- uh, couples playing uh, doubles. Yeah, and they're you know in their tennis whites with the sweaters over the uh, the neck. Yeah, and it's um, nighttime, and all of a sudden a, a police officer, a security guard, shows up with his flashlight out, and he goes, "Hey, what are you guys doing here?" And they're on a tennis court, so yeah. you know they're playing tennis. Yeah. yeah. Um, he goes, can't you read the signs? And and he shines his light to the sign that says no no tennis. <laughs> and uh, I think one of the old you know kind of preppy guys goes, you know, run Doris. And uh, yeah. again, I'm butchering they, it. It's not they Doris, start but, climbing the, yeah, they the climb fence. The fence. They like, try to climb. Yeah, and he's the like, fence. get down from there. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, but you know, it's the equivalent of you know skateboarding at the library. You know, yeah. where they have the great rails and right. the great steps. Yeah, and the great. You know, they're there for a reason. Ex- exactly. It's not and to walk upstairs. It was just a great. It was just a great great insight. It was yeah. taking a subculture and you know comparing it to the mainstream and showing right. you know, are, are we doing this right and, yeah and i think kind of that cultural point of view the storytelling the comedy yeah. you know everything about it was just on point and i think it went on to win win a grand prix it can sure it um, did yeah but it was uh it, it was i, I want to do that and, and i i kept that was what with, really sparked you like oh my god that that is what i want to do that and they had a um they had a badminton court uh, uh, on the, I think it was in on the, the fourth floor in of the, the office. office, and I was like, "This is insane!" Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. So that was your first sort of taste of what advertising could be, and and it sort of made you feel like, "Oh, this is a real thing. I don't have to, and I don't have to wear a suit." Which is, which yeah, is awesome. I, I I then came in in shorts and t shirts the rest of the rest yeah. of the time. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, so you did that your was, internship. Was that, that, that was a criteria. Was was shorts and t shirts. Yeah, no, it's fine. That's what you're wearing now. You're yeah. wearing, you're wearing shorts and a t shirt. Yeah. Um, what uh, what did you do from there? Like, what, what did you hope to get a job at Goodby or? Uh, so I, I I like a paid job. I didn't. I, I, I don't think I thought that far ahead right. at the time. Yeah. You know, that's you're just like the okay. This of, is cool. Of, of, of I think being in school and kind of you know you know you have three more I, at the time I had oh, three right. more years to go. Right. So um, that was your first year in college. Yeah. And, oh, that's cool. But I was very. I was very. Um, I, I knew I wanted more of that. Yeah. Um, and 
So I, I forget if it was the next year or the year after that, but I got an internship at Arnold. Um, in, when, in Boston. Yeah, in Boston. So, yeah. so uh, uh, you know, a, a subway or a T ride away from, mm-hmm. from, from the dorms. And um, it was right when they were launching all the f- kind of famous Volkswagen work for yeah. the, um, the um, New Beetle. Right. It was all that stuff on white with great headlines. So Stuart Rosario was there yeah, at the yeah. time. Okay, cool. And and again, like great guys, uh, you know, Dana Satterite and um, Don Shelford and these guys kind of all took uh, all took me under their wing. And yeah. I remember, we, you know, at lunch we'd play Mario Kart and, <laughs> you know, and, and go out after work and have drinks. And I mean, you're just like, oh, man, this culture is fantastic. And they're doing – Right. Such cool work. And yeah. And they did Pink Moon at that time, right? Yeah, that yeah, was when, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's when it Arnold was and Volkswagen were, like, taking these classic pieces of music uh, that maybe uh, weren't in the mainstream. It wasn't the Beatles. It was this weird song by yeah, yeah. this guy, Nick Drake, yeah. uh, Pink Moon. And, and I, I forget who it was at Arnold that was doing that, but there was somebody that was, like, the, like, music whisperer that could do that. Yeah. And, and yeah. Stuart would tell me about it all the time. And, um, I love that work. Yeah, so you were there for that. Sensational. So I got, you know, I got really lucky from, you know, this, you know, Nike skateboard campaign to, yeah. to Volkswagen Seeing to how just, they were done. Yeah. And just being in a culture at a, at a very magical moment. Cause, right. you know, you, it's hard to catch that lightning. And I think um, I felt it twice and I was like, oh, this is, this is awesome. What do you think were the, the secret sauce there that, what were the similarities <laughs> between those two? places well for me it was always like these are the coolest most interesting people in the world Mm. you know when i when i was there i just i couldn't believe this was real right i couldn't believe it was a job i couldn't believe you got paid for this you know i'd i'd worked at you know sports stores and and as a as a waiter and you know a camp counselor and right those were jobs yeah Yeah. i mean and i was like they get i mean they smoke and like look at pictures all day and play video <laughs> games and badminton. I was like, this is crazy. Um, but you were pretty ambitious taking a taking an internship your first summer out of college. Is it was that like a is that your work ethic? Or are you just kind of like that kind of person where you're like, I'm not going to take any time off. I'm gonna. I think. Um, where does that come from? I think a, it's a good question. I think a curiosity was kind of itched. I've always liked making you know so photography for me was always very tangible Hands you know on. you do something and at the time you know i developed my own film and, and made my own prints in a dark and, room we used to go into dark yes, rooms for for the kids listening um <laughs> film is yeah yeah um and and the pictures look like shit they're, they're much right. better now but yeah. um you didn't know they were out of focus until you <laughs> so, got out yeah, of that you, dark room. You had room. to shoot 36 and, 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 and develop the whole role yeah. to find out you, oh, you had nothing. I had the lens cap yeah. on. Um, but uh, I, I, always, I always liked making. I think, I think that's when I always felt, you know, I guess it's a little cliche to say, but most alive. And, and so, and that, know, that comes from watching your parents make things, you think, or – or or make that business or they're the just the hippiedom in, in general or I, I don't know. It's okay. it's a good question. Yeah. I mean my 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 parents are absolutely driven and and and, and we're very kind of task oriented. So so I'm sure mm-hmm. you know yeah. the nature nurture piece of that right. carried through. Um but yeah, no, I think it, it was just it was um 
I found it kind of addictive, I guess. Right. Yeah. And so uh, you're at Arnold for the second internship. Uh, how do you get to Cliff Freeman in New York City? How, what's the... What's the... You got uh, a few more hours? Yeah. <laughs> it was... Um, I've spoken to a lot of people who've, who've either wanted... I know Jerry Graff wanted to work there so badly and just never got there. Yeah. Uh, I've spoken to everybody who wanted to work there. I wanted to work there. Yeah. Um, how, did you, how did you get there? So, so after Arnold, um, I, I was in school. I was putting together a portfolio from BU. Mm -hmm. um, I think this was then the summer between my junior and senior year. Um, I was dating a girl who was living in L.A., so I started looking into LA agencies and yeah. going, you know, what am I going to do this summer? Right. Um, and I was pointed towards um, Ground Zero. Um, th that was in, uh, I think it was in Marina Del Rey at the time. Um, and, you know, I sent my student book to Court Crandall and, you know, he was kind enough to reply and say, yeah, we'll take free labor for the summer. Come, right. on, come on down. Yeah. Um, so uh, I then interned there, and uh, they had just done uh, the ESPN Knowledge Ball. Um, right. That 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 was 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 a great campaign for them, um, and it was done by Guy Shalmerdine and, and Grant Holland, um, and those two guys kind of took me under the, under their wing. Yeah. You know, and, and kind of showed me the ropes, and you know, I I had this kind of. BU portfolio that I was, you know, very, very proud of. And mm -hmm. I had gotten this, you know, job at, at Ground Zero on its on its merit. And, mm -hmm. you know, here I was, I was going to conquer the world of advertising. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, I, and I showed them my book and they were like, oh, you're not getting a job with this. And I was like, well, what, what, what do you mean? It's, it's genius. And yeah. they're like, no, no, it's, yeah. it's not happening for you. How did, and how did you feel? Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, crushed. I mean, I think, you know, Ground Zero and, and, and mostly because of, of Grant and Guy, um, you know, I really learned that kind of your first thoughts weren't sufficient. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, I, I would fall in love really quickly and go, oh, right. this is great and go make it and yeah. do it and then move on to the next one. And, yeah. you know, I remember showing Grant and Guy stuff and they'd be like, I, you know, we need to see a hundred headlines. Right. And you'd be like, uh, okay. Like, yeah. and then I'd come back to them like literally like 10 minutes later and I had no idea how annoying it was at the time. I'd be like, <laughs> I got it. I nailed it. Oh, right. Every and, time, and, you, and I'd show every it time them, you quote unquote yeah, nailed it, yeah. you'd come back. <laughs> and I'd show it to them and they're like, no, that's horrible. And I'd be like, <laughs> oh, okay. And I'd like run away. I mean, I, like I was a puppy, you know, and, yeah. and I would run away and go, go find another ball, come back with it in my mouth. And then yeah. No, that's horrible too. They were like, no, like literally, we weren't joking. Like yeah. literally, a hundred headlines, and then yeah. like we'll circle the ones we like. Yeah. So I did it and came back. This was for I think it's called Resorts uh, Hotel and Casino, which I, yeah. I don't even know if it's still around. But yeah, um, I remember then finally going back to them with a hundred some odd headlines, and you know they circled five and they were comped up, and the client bought three of them, and oh wow, I was like, oh, you're like this is easy. Okay, this is yeah. well, not easy, but like I was like, ah. Here's a here's a process and here's a structure right. for how to organize your thinking. Yeah. Um and to go beyond those kind of first ideas. Right. Um But it's really hard to to get that in your head. Like, no, seriously a hundred. Like like <laughs> like Yeah. Like you think that they're just being hyperbolic. But yeah, yeah really. They really need a hundred. Yeah. Like they'd count. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's this like not 63. Yeah. 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 Um, but it is. It's really good discipline and, and it's how you learn. And, and you know, I, I think probably for the next, you know, 10 years of my career, like that's just what yeah. you did. And then, you know, over over time you get a little better at it um, and, yeah. and you can start to self-select a little bit. Um, right. But but even so, I mean, even even now, you know, if I'm writing on something, do you still work on stuff sometimes? Yeah, yeah, and and and, but but the minute I'm working on something, I'm not going to evaluate it because you lose all perspective, perspective and clarity. Yeah, <laughs> because you still, I'm still, there's still a little bit of that puppy alive right. inside where I think, you know, you find something that you like and you hold on to it, but like, you know, look at these hundred things that I've come up with, which are the three most interesting, which we ultimately pursue. Right, right. And I think, um, you know, I still do that with the teams, too. Obviously, you know, we have, we have great, great, you know, ECDs and CCOs. Right. Um, and, you know, they're very good at, obviously, selecting, too. So I don't have to do all the selecting. Right. Now, but yeah. but it's, it's the same process. Yeah. It doesn't... It, you still weigh in. No, to get to great work, it's always the same. We, we, it's quantity. Yeah, I mean, it's quality people doing quantity. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I wish there was a shortcut because you know everybody wants things quicker and, right. and cheaper and, and, and faster, and we're getting better and better, of course. But you know, there's no there's no substitute for kind of exhausting the avenues, especially when you have like a great insight, you right? Know? And what I is think, what is finding a how do you find a great insight? Um, cause that's something that a lot, all of your work does. It's like really simple when you get down to it. Um, God is a Knicks fan, yeah, you know, yeah. sort of like just very simple ideas that you then get to play with over 30 seconds or over the, whatever the, the storytelling mode is. But how do you get to that insight? Yeah, I think I, it's funny because for the first, I'd say eight, ten years of my career, there wasn't a ton of strategy in, in, involved. And I think... Um, because of the places where you Yeah, worked. I think so. I, and either it, either that or I was also pro- not protected from it, but I didn't I didn't know how to use it, you know, right. yet. And I think that probably comes with just developing, you know, you have to develop your voice first in a way mm-hmm. and then know how to input other voices with your voice to make your voice even even more impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, most, I think, talented creatives have the ability to go, you know, would anyone care about this? Like, is right. this an interesting point I'm making? Yeah. Because if you're not saying something interesting, you know, you can wrap a lot of cleverness around it. Right. But you're still not saying something very It can't just be a list of attributes. Yeah, it's gotta, you got know, to have something that's, you know, interesting to... The average person. Yeah, it's it's you know lipstick on a pig. So it's, it sort of made you into a strategist. You had to be your own strategist. You had to find the strategy, um, and a lot of times a bad brief will do that too, right? You get a bad brief. We talked to Kashri about this. About a bad brief sort of forces you to say, well, why is that a bad brief, and what would be a better brief? Um, and I I always tell people like, yeah, do stuff on the brief, but if you come up with something that's not on the brief. Include it because yeah. we don't know. The brief is just the our first, our best guess right now. Yeah, I mean, we we talk about strategy, you know, and, and BBH had you know a tremendous 
trend, tremendous history of great strategists and yeah. you know Sarah Watson and, and the folks there were absolutely incredible. Um, now at, at DDB, um, I'm working really closely with Eric Zunsik and Alex Hess, and mm-hmm. you know they're two of the best I think strategic minds in the world. And we always talk about it like, um, you know, when we get together and start hammering out briefs. So we we actually build the briefs together, and and it's something we really get out at, at DDB in general is right. we want the creatives and the strategists Involved to be building it together because mm-hmm. a brief is only as good as what comes out the other end. Yeah. And if the creative doesn't feel like they can do something with it, mm-hmm. um, even if it's the best insight in the world, mm-hmm. they have to love it and they mm-hmm. have to want to nurture it and they mm-hmm. have to want to bring it to life in some incredible manifestation. And, um, you know, the creative strategy dance is let's find something we're both really excited about. And I think right. that's the great, you know, in, in any, I think, creative field, you know, that that number two, like two people in a room is, is magical because uh, getting two people to agree on something is hard. Yeah. And when you get them to agree on something and they're both excited about it, especially from dis- different disciplines. Right. Um, you're probably onto something. Oh, interesting. You yeah. know, now. Sometimes you bring a third person into that room and you'll just never get there. Right. Because to get three people, it's hard to get two people to agree on it. Yeah, yeah, To get yeah. three people to agree on anything right. is even harder. Now, if you do it right with the right different, you know, blend of disciplines, um, it can absolutely work, of course. Yeah. But I think in those very early days when things are really, really fragile. Right. Um, so brief creation, very, very early, you know, creative ideation. Yeah. I like still keeping the teams quite small because yeah. I think... Um, the ideas are so, so fragile at that stage that they need to just build some muscle around them. Yeah. And once they build the muscle around them, then, you know, let is it them out still, into the world and let them grow. So is it still the copywriter, art director, like uh, like uh, Bill Birnbeck uh, it, it, it's funny. I, made happen? I think, I think that's changed a bit. I think we have titles still. Um, but I'm finding more and more, and especially with the younger and younger talent, mm-hmm. um, that they're just they're like quadruple threats, you know. They're right. they're great editors, they're great directors, yeah. um, they're good photographers, they're good writers, um, mm-hmm. they're good designers. You're, we're finding kind of less, I think, traditional silos. So, for me, I mean, again, I think it's just two people right. who are really good at coming up with ideas, right? Um, in so a room that together, you get so that you get. You have the sort of check on your ego that, like, yeah. you know, it's not just that I yeah. love this because I came up with it, yeah. but uh, we both love this. Yeah, and then depending reasons. on the project, you know, make sure you have the right type of experts, right? You know, doing that, right? You know, so sometimes it's, it's a little bit more idea focused, sometimes it's a little more production focused, sometimes it's a little more tech focused, sometimes you know it's a little more innovation focused, right? You know, it just depends on the problem you're trying to solve. Do you find that uh, the new talent has uh, different – do you want to see different things in their books uh, to that? Or do, you, do would you rather see just a very simple almost print ad thing just to just to get a sense of how they think? Um, I, I think just a very simple idea, right. you know, is, is the answer. Um, so however you bring that to life, whether it's, you know, a print ad, a, a right. GIF, a Instagram post, a, right. you know – 360 integrated campaign right like it it doesn't really matter i think you just want to see really great simple thinking because i think oftentimes you feel you see 
kind of very complex structures that look like they're trying to show off that, mm. oh, look, I can do all these different things. But I think if you go back to, you know, the best ideas that we've, you know, seen, let's just say it can this year, because mm-hmm. it's, it's something we can all at least talk to. Yeah. Um, you know, most of them were very, very simple. And most of them could have been, you know, print ads from right. even 40 years ago. Right. They're just articulated differently. Yeah. Um, now, you know, we, uh, I've been joking with Toygar a bit, and Toygar is, is the CCO at Unlimited. He runs, he runs mm-hmm. the McDonald's agency. And uh, they did that great campaign this year for um, International Women's Day, where they mm-hmm. flipped the uh, McDonald's M, the logo, to right. a W for, for International Women's Day. And we did that in 100, 100 franchisees around, around the country. Mm-hmm. And um, we were joking because we were like, look, in, in you know, 1960s, that would have just been a print ad. Right, they would right. have just photoshopped right the logo around, yeah, and they would have said "Happy International." I mean, if yeah. International Women's Day had had the momentum it that it had, 60s, yeah. then that's how it would would have, would have gone down. And you know, the ideas—it's still just a very simple human insight with yeah. a very simple execution. It's just now we bring it to life by activating it at a hundred stores, and yeah. You know, we create a content series around, you know, a woman who owns 19 franchisees and her two daughters own franchisees. And, right. You know, so how we bring that story to life has changed. But right. the story that we're bringing to life, you know, doesn't necessarily change, or at least the type of stories. Yeah. yeah. And doing stuff is always better than just saying things at this point. Like the Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. The, the action was yeah. the thing, right? Yeah. It's like the fact that they are making him the face. Yeah. That is the ad and not not just the ad. And it's funny, too. I mean, I think, uh, obviously, the, the I think I, I love the Kaepernick piece, and I'm, I'm a Niners fan, and, 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 you know, so that that brought me joy yeah. um, in and of itself. But, um, you know, they, they dropped that as an Instagram post, right? Right. But really, that's just a print ad. Yeah. Like, it's just yeah, static it's image. Ad. It's yeah. just, that's the, that's the delivery device now, yeah. you know, and... And and so like I I just you know I always get really frustrated around the the, the conversation about innovation and technology um, because I feel like so often it overshadows yeah. the idea right um, and again I think you know very modern modern communication with a very old fashioned insight but the but the but the tech and the innovation really has to be there to serve the idea yeah right it can't be the tech is not the idea yeah. Um, what, um, uh, what's it like being CCO now? Like what, what's the, what are the different, uh, skills that you've, that you've learned? We talked a little bit about how it's a very different job. Yeah. No, I mean, no one, when you're, uh, when you're young, just making a hundred ads. Yeah. No one. Yeah. It, the, the training for it, uh, there's no training program, yeah. you know? And, and I think, um, I was really lucky to just be able to witness some really, really great CCOs, you know, as I was coming up. Yeah. Who were your mentors uh, coming up? Um, so, you know, you know, very, very early on, I would say, you know, John Soto and, and Al Kelly, you mm-hmm. know, could be and, you know, how they took me under their, their wing and, yeah. and kind of showed me the way. And I mean, even from a very early, like at the most simple level, and this is back before Getty, you know, online existed, but we'd have stock photography books 
right. they needed an image for you know a specialized campaign they were work, working on. And it was I don't remember what it was, but sure, you know, a guy on a bike in the snow or whatever yeah. it was. And so I would go through a book and and kind of sticky note, um, you know, twenty different images to bring back to them. Yeah. And they were like, no, no, these are right. It needs to kind of have this feel and that vibe and this and that. And again, like just that obsession and the OCD and the attention to detail, yeah. you know, taught you to, to, to you know, uh, really care about your craft. You know? right. and, and so, again, very early lessons. Um, the whole Volkswagen crew, you know, Don Shelford and Dana, Dana Satterwhite and uh, Dave Weiss and those guys um, at, at – at uh, Arnold um, when they were doing Volkswagen, you know, I think the way that work was able to kind of break into culture um, and just become a phenomenon and, you know, obviously grounded in a great product, which was yeah. kind of the relaunch of, of the bug. Um, it was, uh, it's got, it's got great new features like heat, yeah. you know, those yeah. were the kind yeah. of lines yeah. that, uh, yeah. and it was, it was almost an homage to the DDB original yeah. lemon yeah. Uh, and all those things. Where they had a very black, uh, white background with uh, the little bug on there, and it was the first time the bug had come back, and yeah. uh, it was a really understated campaign for something that I'm sure there was a uh, uh, like part of them wanted to do something very different, but they ended up doing something sort of as a as a throwback, yeah, uh, which is which is hard to do sometimes because you're like, well, it's, uh, I want a new idea. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and then I love that campaign. And then Grant, you know, Ground Zero and Grant and Guy, you know, kind of being, being, yeah, make make it a hundred. You know, that was that was a really important lesson. And, and they then, they ended up working at Cliff Freeman, right? So mm-hmm. is that how you got in there, like knowing them? Uh, no, no. I'll we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Don't don't rush it. Don't, all right, don't all right, rush it. all right. Um, and then uh, after that, uh. Obviously, I think Creative Circus, uh, which is, that's what I went to ad school went, afterwards, yeah. on Grant and Guy's kind of— So they were like, you need to go to ad school. They crushed my spirits and right. said, go do this. And, and you didn't know about Ad House yet, so you went to uh, Creative Circus. <laughs> I didn't know about anything. I didn't. I mean, I assume I'm that— I'm just giving Lauren something to— no, That's a good plot. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Good. Ad good. House. Yeah. Ad, ad house. house. NYC.com. NYC.com. Ad House. <laughs> um, went there and— you know the they had they had a, this this woman uh, Sylvia who ran their design department and again she made everybody kind of hand letter type um, and even at this point that wasn't really happening anymore but it was right. again attention to detail and knowing your craft and yeah. these were the like lessons that just kept kind of getting hammered in and no shortcuts and right. you know exhaust all the possibilities and you know she had color wheels out and you had to like you know try all different you know color combinations on your ad to see, you know, what made what better. And, yeah. You know, the um, the the attention to the writing and, and, and everything. Um, and then there I found um, uh, a partner. that so, so for the first time I had somebody who I wor- was working with and, and was gelling really, really well with. And we were making, you know, all these ads that, you know, at the time were, were – being recognized by the school and some oh, student cool. shows and this and that. And we we're like, oh, we're, we might be okay at this. Like, right. this might stick, you yeah. know, because I was waiting tables at a, at a restaurant, another plug, Murphy's uh, in Atlanta. Yeah. And um, I was like, well, if it doesn't work out, like, this, this is a pleasant enough life. I can right. I can do this. Yeah. Um, Who was your partner? 
Who it was, was uh, Aaron Adler. Aaron Adler. So, you yeah. know Aaron. Uh, yeah. We all worked together at BBDO. And yes. um, Aaron and I ended up working together for, you know, nine or so years uh, after that. Um, so we finished up we finished up ad school. And this was, you know, during, during the dot-coms. Um, mm-hmm. And we went out to San Francisco and we interviewed um, with Jeff. Uh, we interviewed with Chuck McBride. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was at Shy at yeah, the time. He was at Shy at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he might have interviewed at Butler, Shine and Stern. I think mm-hmm. those were the three in San Francisco. Um, and all three of them were like, we're, "We want to hire you. You guys are great. Um, we're we're going to hire you." So we went back to Atlanta and we told the school, like, "We're you know we're probably we got a lot of offers on the table." And, and so yeah. And then I think like the next day, the dot coms crashed. And, oh, yeah. and literally all three of them called back and said, yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to have to uh, wait. Right, yeah. For 10 years yeah. before we can hire again. Yeah. Um, wow. So that was around 2000. Yes. Yeah. So it was, it was yeah, 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, or 2000. No, it was 2000. Yeah. Um, and then we went up to New York um, and we interviewed with, I think it was Mad Dogs and Englishmen. Uh, I think it was Spike DDB at the time. Uh, Cliff Freeman and Partners, Fallon. Um, we went into BBH. Um, never got called back. Yeah, um, read that story. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, let me think. What else? I think BBH is the place where my. Uh... My portfolio was in the elevator, and and they just sent it down to me in the lobby. <laughs> I'm not sure it was either BBH or 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 Wyden, New York. I'm I'm not sure. I can't remember. It's, it was uh, it was meaner times than I think. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's it was. I don't know if it was mean as much as it was just like we didn't have an internet to like text each other, and like it was just people were less like I don't know nice. Yeah, they were less <laughs> nice. Um, but if you don't get a call back from either one of us, it doesn't mean that we don't care. It just means that we're really busy and we don't. Uh, yes, we don't. Uh, we care deeply. Yeah, we do. Um, so uh, we. So you, you interviewed at all those places. Uh, where did you want to work? What was your? What was your? We were most excited about Cliff Freeman. I mean, yeah. at the time, was Eric there? They at were, the time? Yeah, they were. They were cleaning up. They. Um, had done, I think they had done budget rent of cars. Yeah, great um, campaign. Fox Sports. I think they were, yeah, they were already doing some Fox Sport. They had done these feet belong to Roger Camp. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> they 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 had done that stuff. Um, and and so we went in there. We met with Eric, um, and he's like, "I love you guys. You're fantastic." Um, Cliff's on vacation, but like, let me call, let me call him. And he picked up the phone while we're in the office to yeah. call Cliff. Yeah. He's, he was like, um, what was it in your book that, that Eric really liked? I, Sorry to cut you off know. your story. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. We, okay. we had a lot of, we, we had a lot of like just very simple, I think kind of like visual solution type ads. Right. Um, that I think just showed that we had simple, you got it, insights yeah. that we right. brought to life somewhat cleverly mm-hmm. um so i think that resonated and i think yeah. we had enough of them that it was like oh there's a pattern here these guys think this way right um whether they're executing to the best of their ability or not i can help them with that right but, right but at right. least you know the the foundation's there yeah so he um, call he picks up the phone and calls and, yeah he's like you know uh 
you know, get me Cliff Raymond. And, and it's old rotary phones. It was the old, yeah. <laughs> like, operator phones. Yeah. Um, ahoy, ahoy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think Cliff was down in, in Florida or something at the time. And he couldn't get him. And he was like, it was really anticlimactic. We thought, we thought like, this is this is going to be a story that yeah, yeah. we're going to tell on a podcast. Well, you're telling it right now. Years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... Uh, he goes, okay, we'll call, we'll, you know, we'll call you back. Um, and we uh, also had met with uh, Mark DeMassimo, uh-huh. who, who you know well. DeMassimo Goldstein. And we're, we're going to get all the plugs into it. It wasn't DeMassimo Goldstein at the time. No. I Probably think it was DeMassimo just brand DeMassimo. advertising. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was on um, it was an Square. Astor Place. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, I think it was Uma Thurman. She would always be in the elevator um, oh, yeah? on, on the way up. And, and I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Was, I think it was Kill Bill time. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um, so we go back down to Atlanta. Yeah. Um, again, thinking we were on top of the world. Yeah. Um, only to get a call back from Eric going, yeah, guys, um, we just lost, I think they had just lost. Um, Churches or something. Hardee's maybe? Yeah. I think yeah. they had done a dancing biscuit campaign that didn't, uh, <laughs> you know, seal the deal. Yeah. Um, and that was that. Um, yeah. So again, like, you know, hopes dashed. Right. Um, and Mark was was awesome. They were doing great crunch work crunch uh, at fitness, the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, Mark was like, we, you know, we'd love to, we'd love to bring you on. And we were like, absolutely, let's do this. What was your first uh, assignment when you when you got up here to to Damascus Magolsey? I think we were doing. I think we were doing ads for Gateway. If that's yeah. possible, yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. with the um, with the the cow boxes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think we we there, uh, there was a creative director team there, um, Julie, who and I forget her partner's name, but they were both awesome. Um, and they were kind of running crunch at the time, and they they got us on that as well. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so so we you know we 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 got off to the races, and you know in a lot of ways, you know. It was the best first job you could get because there was so much opportunity. Yeah. And at the time, they didn't have you know a ton of people. Everybody to, worked on everything. Yeah, yeah. So you got your hands on things, and, and we and have we have not lost that. Yeah. Well, it's something I it's something I, you know, I think especially you know to, to any student listening to this, I think you know oftentimes we get really you know um, we we just get kind of glamored by. A name. Yeah. The name of an agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what you don't realize is that lots of people have been glamored by that name of that agency. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of really, there's a deep, deep bench of great talent that's all clamoring for, you know, the best opportunities. Yeah. And, you know, we saw that at, at BBDO. We saw yeah. it. I saw it at Goodby. I saw it, you know, at, at, at Arnold, even as an intern. Right. Um, and when you're just starting out, like, it's not necessarily the best place to be because, right? You know, it might be a while before a decent crumb falls, yeah. you know, to the floor that yeah, you yeah, can yeah. kind of get your hands on. And I think, and there are opportunities at it. And I think I, I've heard this at plenty of people say this that there are opportunities at every agency, absolutely. Like, uh, that you know, no matter what, yeah, there are opportunities there. It's just that nobody there is grabbing them because you know there's either not enough people or. They don't have good enough people. So mm-hmm. sometimes a, a, an agency that you haven't exactly – isn't exactly A-list might be uh, the best place well, we to learned, start. You know, I, learned, I got – I was lucky and got to learn that lesson really early on. I was I was in Atlanta and I was 
while doing Creative Circus, I towards the end I um, got in a kind of internship, paid internship. So that was dramatically different than any of the other advertising internships I had before right. at a small agency called Sawyer Riley Compton. And they just hired um, this guy, Kevin Tome, who's fantastic, out of school. Um, and they partnered me with him on kind of all the dregs, all the stuff right. that the other people didn't want to work on. Yeah. And, you know, we did a campaign for the Atlanta Ballet that won Best of Show at the regional yeah. Addies. I was looking know. at that, and I didn't see that agency. I didn't know you had worked at that agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw that, and I remember yeah. seeing that ad, and I didn't know you had anything to do with that. Yeah. The, there was a, a, a dagger, right? Yeah, it was yeah. for Romeo and Juliet It was or for Romeo and Juliet. They were trying to get younger people into the ballet. Yeah. Um, and the head, headline was, uh, Two Ballet Dancers Die, What Better Reason to Attend? Um, yeah, and, yeah. And it went on to do do quite well, and and then we did something for Georgia Tech. They they came to us to do this um, kind of anti um, you know drinking campaign. Yeah. Um, and again, no one wanted to touch it because it didn't have any money on it or anything. Yeah. Um, and that ended up getting into one show. Yeah. So you know a lot of that had to do with having a great partner who who knew 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 his way around the agency. But right. Um, you know, very early on, I saw that. You know, you could take the kind of drags, for lack of a better word, yeah. you know, of, of an agency and turn them into incredible opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and don't don't fall in love with a name and don't feel – because I started at Ogilvy Direct and yeah. I, I certainly didn't want to – I didn't feel like that was like Ogilvy Direct. I mean, you know, I wasn't I, – I loved that I had a job, but it was – I wanted to work at Goldsmith Jeffrey, right? Yeah, and yeah. and um, it's uh, – I learned so much there, though, and I feel like if I had worked at Goldsmith Jeffrey, might, I might not have learned the same things, like how yeah. to write a five-page letter for American Express. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. there are things that you learn at whatever job you take. You're always going to take those knocks. And, yeah. and uh, So how long were you at uh, DeMassimo? Well, this is the embarrassing part. Yeah. So we were there for, I think – and Mark, Mark might be able to. Mark probably doesn't even know who I am. Um, <laughs> I'm sure but, he does. Uh, I think we were there for three months. Yeah. Um, so what happened? We were there, and yeah. we got a call from Arthur Bijour. Uh huh. At Cliff Freeman. At Cliff Freeman. He was yeah. he was the other creative director. Um, so so Eric and Arthur split it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, um, hey, guys, you know, I've seen your work. I think it's absolutely fantastic. We've just won a piece of business uh, for Mohegan Sun. Yeah. Um, and we'd like you to come work for us. Yeah. And we were like, okay. Like, and, and you know, in our minds, we were obviously very excited about the yeah. opportunity because they were, they were yeah. you know, on fire. Um, but we also knew we had just taken this job. Yeah. Um, and we also knew that you – you know, should always at least try to play it cool. Yeah. So we were like, okay, so um, what, you know, what's what's it pay? Right. And I think at the time, I think at the time, Mark had hired us for $28,000 uh, a year. Each. Each. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure Arthur said 25000 Yeah. And we said, okay, well, can you just give us, you know, the day to think about it? Yeah. Um. And, you know, Aaron and I were f- kind of freaking out because right. here's, like, our first job. Yeah. We know we hadn't been there long enough. Right. You know, we felt, you know, but at the same time, like, is this one of those opportunities? Do you have to take it? Do you let it pass you? Like, yeah. you know, you don't know at that moment. Um, so we, we called a friend um, who 
um, had been helping us. She she was kind of a headhunter, a student uh, yeah. student headhunter at the time, and and we were like, um, what what do we do? And she was like, you have you have to do this. You have yeah. to take this. Um, yeah. So um, you know, we called back Arthur and we said, um, you know, yes, we'd be we'd love to. And then probably probably to date the hardest resignation I've ever had walking was walking into Mark. I think he was playing the piano. Yeah. Um, and, and we went in and we said, you know, we don't even know how to say this because right. we know how like awful yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, but we think we have to go, do, we, we have to go do this. And, and to Mark's credit, and I don't remember the exact words, but he said, no, I totally understand. He goes, that's an incredible opportunity. Um, it only comes around once um and and he made he made what could have been such a hard awful conversation yeah he made it um, easy. amazingly easy and and it, i think that you know it, it was interesting like that really stuck with me as a leadership kind of note yeah. you know that i carried with me throughout the rest of my career which was you know when when people want to go try something else or you know leave you or you know you don't have to be jerk about it right you can make it easy don't make them feel bad because if somebody if somebody's gonna go entertain something else yeah like they're gonna resent you if may, maybe you can maybe you somehow get them to stay right oftentimes they're gonna probably resent it or wonder right. what it could have been and i think right you know unless you can really offer them something different that right. will fulfill whatever they need fulfilled sometimes you're better off go just going it. like yeah good luck and and i'm rooting for you and know the door is always open yeah and and well, I'm really proud of all three of you because you went in and you talked to Mark uh, instead of, you know, what you could have done was like leave a message for him or, or say, uh, we tried you and we didn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Mark uh, was, was, a, was a cool guy about yeah. it. So He'll probably uh, tell a totally different version where yeah. we, I, I think text hadn't been invented yet. But he'll be, right. I think they texted. Yeah. Me, I'm yeah. Sure. They put it on Slack. <laughs> oh, I haven't been quit to by Slack yet. That, that, oh, quit by Slack. Yeah, I like that. First, the first quit by Slack. We should have him on. We'll have him on the show. It'll be a new uh, category in Can this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, what what was the what was the secret sauce at Cliff Freeman? What what did you uh, what was your Were you ready for it? Was it like mind boggling? Was it? Uh, it was. I mean, it was insane. It, it, it was inmates running. The yeah. asylum, and I think even at, at a young age, um, we knew it. We knew it because I think our first day. So actually, I, I walk in for the first day, and Matt Bajarchi, so the circle is oh, yeah. coming close. Yeah. He, you so, know, who was the guy at Goodby was yeah. now a producer at, at Cliff Freeman, and, and that helped you too, right? I mean, he knew you, like having people know you and knowing you're not a. a, a an asshole like that I, sort of I don't think they checked like right. like I don't think they, they asked are, around I mean, yeah, we were yeah, just yeah. lowly juniors and, yeah. and 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 such but you know it's always great when you can walk into a place and you do have a few advocates cuz yeah. you be know, nice to everyone he, well cuz yeah Matt would he would like bring in reels and like show us the coolest directors and yeah. we didn't know anything so right. like this was all like just you know a, a fire hose of education yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and you know he he showed us the ropes um and they, they, they showed us to our office the first day, and we literally had this corner office um, just because, like, it wasn't super well organized. Right. They, like, put us in this corner office that was also, like, a storage area. Like, because right. they had run out of space to put, like, the odd chairs and desks yeah. and this and that. So we were in this, like, 
beautiful corner office at, it's in, at it was in the Saatchi building yeah, yeah. overlooking the water. Right. Um, but with like a hundred chairs in it. <laughs> and like people would come in like every once in a while and be like, Grab a oh, chair. we just need a chair. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that they were coming to see us or needed yeah. something. Like yeah. they literally just needed, like we so were, were in a utility stuck in a closet, closet basically. basically. But it was a corner closet. A beautiful, beautiful closet yeah. with, with, with uh, I think it was uh, north and, and uh, west facing and water. And did you, did you then feel like, oh, we have to step it up now? Like we're, at, we're, at, we're in the big leagues. It, was there a speed difference between uh, – yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we had we had learned that you know you have to be this iterative, and yeah. we even in ad school we just we worked around the clock because yeah. we kind of just loved it. It was it was yeah. we were in Atlanta, you know, with a bunch of like minded individuals. Yeah, um, didn't know anything else, you know, really around, right. and we would just you know hang out as this community, and I, yeah. I'm still friends with you know. Lots of those people, right? You know, Nate Nate Abel later came and worked with me. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, at BBH, uh-huh. um, uh, Tim Steer is a good friend who's out in out in San Francisco. Um, Tom Tom O'Connor um, got out, and now he's a great screenwriter. And yeah. you know, he called me the other day, and he's like, "Hey, do you, do you think anyone like would be interested in like doing something with like a Hollywood screenwriter in advertising?" <laughs> and like, I walked him through the scenarios, and he was like. I'm good. Goodbye. <laughs> um, so, so, so you know, Tom, Tom followed his dream and, and, yeah. and did great. Um, you know, Amir Farhang um, went on to be 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 a great director. You know, he's with yeah. Hungry Man now. Yeah. Um, you know, doing great work. Um, you know, uh, all these people kind of went on to do do all. The, Michelle Hirschberg, who who uh, is an incredible freelancer, uh, who's who's married to Nate. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this was our group and obviously Aaron um and you know to to still you know 20 some odd years later to like all still be in touch it's a great business for that yeah for that reason it's sort of uh special in that it's so weird and it's so um outside of the it's in business but it's outside and it's and it's a little bubble and I think like you're so you know there's there's it's such a unique culture advertising and i mm-hmm. think you know in school you felt it it was like here's yeah. all these like kind of broken toys that all get along really really well together yeah and can do incredible things together yeah. but you know i think especially in, in at that moment in ad school it's kind of the first time you're in a focused environment of like-minded individuals right and i think it's just such a special moment because yeah. you kind of feel what's possible Right, um, and I think that I think that yeah is intoxicating, and you're seeing sort of social proof of like this is what you can, this is what an ad can be like, this is what an ad can be like, and yeah. being a, being around people who are doing it uh, as teachers or pe- be around your your students and sort of working off each other's energy. It's yeah. important. Yeah. Um, what uh, I'm getting, I'm getting conscious of our time together. Yeah, of course. But um, you're uh, sitting in Bill Burnback's office now. What's that like? Yeah, it's um now it's cool. <laughs> it took a little a little warming up too. Yeah. Um, you know, because it, why? It was uh it was well, so so Peter Sherman who you know. Um, yeah. you know, he's like, "Oh, this is the coolest thing in the world." Like and and Peter's like the most like he's the best cheerleader and you you never leave a Peter Sherman conversation feeling bad about yourself. Yeah. You're always like, 
oh yeah, like yeah. It is, things are okay. Like yeah. you know, that's that's Peter's kind of role, the secret weapon. And uh, he's like, oh my god, he's like, that's like, you know, that's like someone handing you John Lennon's guitar. Yeah, and I think that might have been the only moment where like a Peterism backfired. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, oh my god, like yeah. I don't want to hold John Lennon's. Guitar, yeah. like, uh, yeah, like play something nice on yeah. John Lennon's guitar. No, right. no, I'm out. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it, there there was a kind of sun bleached oil painting over the couch of of Bill. Yeah, uh, it had all his ads. It had um um uh, Books notes and notes things. from his like journal, like oh framed. God. And so you feel like you're living in a museum, right? And you know, how do you? How do we? How do you do, how do you live up to those expectations? You can't. So, right. So, you know, over time, you kind of go, okay, well, I can't live up to those expectations. I'm gonna have to just do the best that I can do. Yeah. So that's a good, you know, that's a good lesson, and that gets you comfortable. And then, then it started to shift, and I started to see it as an excuse to um, be a bit more disruptive. I mean, this is in the DNA yeah. of of DDB. I mean. Um, you know, people ask, you know, how does, how does DDB compare to all the other kind of creative boutiques that you've been to yeah. you know, in your career? Yeah. And I, you know, I think the answer is it was the originator. Right. You know, and I didn't know that until I got there and really dug into the history because, you know, it really had happened, you know, many, many years before I got into the business. Right. But the playbook that, you know, Wyden and Goodby and Cliff Freeman, they, everyone used. Yeah. Um, was that playbook. Yeah. You know, and they took their own cultural spin on it. But, yeah. But it was that playbook. And so... Meaning the creative revolution of... Yeah. Like, let's put a team together and... Say something smart. Say it in an interesting way. Make yeah. people care. Know that, you know, you're an unwelcome guest. All the all those things that you yeah. hear kind of throughout your career. And so you come back to it and you go, God, this is, a, this is the birthplace of this. Like, we have all the right in the world to do this. Yeah. And, you know, it gives... It actually became a a bit of a rally cry you know we you know i think when when wendy wendy clark yeah went, your sorry, when, partner when wendy um CEO. and i were, were earlier you know we're talking in the early days um you know we said what what's the mission you know because you kind of you want to make sure you're on the same page and i think mm-hmm. you know it was how do we resurrect you know the creative right revolution yeah you know that that bill started and how do we make it you know more relevant for it for today right um what's the answer what what's how does how does how does storytelling and 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 creativity uh live on i think the answer is the same i think you just have to hold it to all those principles and you just have to do it in a way that's relevant to today's marketplace and Mm -hmm. i think um you know you have to do it faster now and you have to do it quicker and cheaper um and in a lot of ways it's um you have to become a welcome guest in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, I oh, was yeah. reading about how, like, you know, concert goers are okay with brands being at concerts. They actually yeah. think it, it enhances the experience. It, but you can't just say, hey, everybody, we're here and buy our product. Yeah. You have to enhance that experience and be a part of it. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I hope I'm always saying this, but th- this is the most interesting time to be in this business because yeah. creativity is now being seen as a business advantage um, by brands more than ever right. because it's becoming harder and harder to buy the attention. Right. And so now you have to earn it. And how do you earn it? Well, 
by saying something interesting in an interesting way. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's awesome. And always saying something you know? interesting where people expect it from you. And then not only that, you know, we don't have, we're not restricted to three mediums. You know, right. now there's hundreds of mediums. And yeah. There's all different ways to, you know, share stories and, and communicate. I, I really, I, I love, you know, it's funny. I, the one that I held on to for a long time, obviously, for, for many reasons, was Fearless Girl. And you go, yeah. well, in this tech-driven, you know, era, uh, yeah. a bronze statue became the most relevant cultural work, you know, in, in the yeah. last few years. Yeah. And I think this Kaepernick piece is another great example. Yeah. It's a static image. It's a print ad. Piece of communication. Yeah. yeah. Let's call it a print ad. Yeah. And, you know, but they did it in the way that was relevant to today. Yeah. But But it's not, you know, it's not. That that could have been done a hundred years ago. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, it, For it sure. just would have been done, you know, on stone. <laughs> it yeah. would have been etched in stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the timelines are different now yeah. than they were in Bill Burnback. Who would win in a fight, uh, Bill Burnback or uh, or David Ogilvy? <laughs> I, I think I'm by contractually obligated to say Bill. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think I, that's I, true. I think it's true. Yeah. Yeah. He would smash his pipe into his into his mouth. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you've worked at a lot of places. What's the what's the difference? What do you think is the what are your some of your favorite um, places that you've worked? Is it is it big, small? What's the what's the difference between between think, all of them for for some young person who maybe uh, wanting to work? I think every agency served. A purpose, you know, and I think, um, you know, I think I always say stay somewhere, you know, as long as you are excited and you're learning. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I've gone through through my career. Yeah. You know, I, I, I started on um, at Cliff and, you know, I, I just had a natural disposition um, and interest in comedy. Yeah. Um, and they were doing comedy about as well as it got. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to go learn comedy and I got to learn from you know, some of the best at comedy. Um, and then, you know, how I did felt, you not get pin- pigeonholed in that comedy? Yeah. Well, it's funny. So that, did that happen at first? When we went to, when we went to BBDO, yeah. Eric made a pretty concerted effort to kind of diversify. And I think you'll yeah. remember because, because yeah. we're all going like, let's just do more Cliff Freeman. Like, yeah, that was amazing. That, and he, and, the Guinness and, assignment yeah. it was one where uh, he was like, he doesn't want comedy. And yeah. we were all like, what? what? <laughs> like we didn't know but what to do. What else do we Is do? There? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I think, you know, he had learned a, a very valuable lesson, you know, which was, you know, Cliff Freeman, everybody went to them for one thing. Yeah. And especially post nine 11, cause, cause what everyone went to Cliff Freeman for was, um, absurdist a football um, or violent comedy. Right, right. You know, um, and so that was the way to get noticed yeah. back then. Uh-huh. And and a lot of brands were kind of following suit. That was kind of in the kind of challenger.com days. Yeah. Um, but post 9-11, the appetite shifted a bit. And I think Cliff Freeman suffered from that as they eventually went out of business. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of that had to do with because they were experts at this thing that was no longer right as relevant yeah so you know you want to f- future proof your career so i think yeah. eric was was very smart and then now you see what he's doing at mccann yeah with, you know fearless girl and sure cool bus to mars and it couldn't be further from the the yuck factory yeah. that was uh that was cliff freeman yeah uh, but it's still great ideas flawlessly executed right you know? right right um so so that was that was that era and then i wanted to go try 
my emotional chops out and see, you know, what kind of those big emotional spots could be. I remember seeing, you know, PlayStation Mountain kind of early days and going like, huh, like, yeah. could I do that? And the answer is no. Um, <laughs> but, I tr- but I tried. And, you know, I got to go learn, you know, at, at Wyden. Um, I then went down to Goodby and, and, and got to work with Jamie Barrett a bunch. Yeah. Um, what a nice guy. We had him on the, uh, by phone on yeah, this fantastic, show. Fantastic. Uh, what a great guy. Yeah. And I mean, he, he is such a good, um, creative, but he's also such a great salesperson and just great culture person. Um, so just, just learned, learned so much from him. Yeah. Um, then went down to, to, to 180, um, and, learn to grow an agency. Mm. Um, you know, I think we were around 35 people when I started and left at about, um, 120 or so. Wow. Um, and really learned, you know, the, the benefits and hardships of, of a small shop. Yeah. Um, and, and did it start doing a lot more content and kind of digital play. Um, and, and so started learning, Kind of, uh, in, in a way, it was almost a scrappier piece, but with a lot more um, say because right. I was I was in the leadership group. Yeah, and uh, learning how to be a leader as well. Yeah, of yeah. course, of course, and making tons of mistakes. Yeah, and 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 going okay, well maybe 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 that wasn't right. Let's try it this other way. <laughs> as we talked about, there's no yeah. real playbook for it. Nope. Um, and then I got to go to BBH and, and kind of put it all t- together. And I think there really had a great group of partners um, where, you know, I learned what it was to run an agency, you know, uh, aware of all the financial realities, making yeah. many of the financial decisions. I mean, I remember kind of kind of late in my time there, um, we were hiring a new CFO and we came down to two CFOs and one was a little bit more creative and yeah. we were sitting in a leadership meeting going, you know, uh, the, the, the Pat, who was the CEO at the time, um, was like, you know, I think this person's really good, um, and and the other person's really good, but this person might have a little bit more of a, um, you know, might might be a little bit more sound in the numbers. Um, and when John and I said, well, we think this person's like a little more more creative and might find some unexpected solutions to help, you know, resource properly. Yeah. You know. Everyone goes, okay, yeah, let's go with that person. And, yeah. you know, like those were those moments where you go, oh, right, creative people at the heart of a business, mm. you know, that we wouldn't have made that decision otherwise. And, and right. her, her name was Nikki, and she went on to help us really do a lot of amazing things that made the work better. Yeah. Um, that, you know, had we not been a part of that conversation, we, you know, we might have missed out on her. Yeah. You know? So it's, you know, those kind of things, you just carry these things all the way, you know, across the line. And then, right. You know, now, now being at DDB for for going on two years, uh-huh. um, you know, Wendy, you know her business acumen, her um, thought leadership, her um, you know a, a ability to kind of make things materialize out of thin air, mm. um, you know, has taught me so much about just kind of how to run a bigger organization. I mean, she was at Coke for for nine years, and. You know, th- those are, I mean, that's a real business, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, I hadn't really been around, you know, like a real business until this job. Right. Um, and, and to get, you know, that 
you know, to, to be able to learn from that. Yes. Yeah. So and to be humble enough film. to, even though you you've had such a long career, to be humble enough to be like, there's a lot that I need to learn is, is uh, yeah. important. I mean, you're always learning, and I think too, like if I felt like I wasn't learning, I think I would go do something else. Right. Like I, I really like, you know, I I'm destructive when I when I'm idle. When you're you know? bored. And yeah, and I think like I love the challenge of not knowing, and I love the challenge of growing, and I love you know. I love the challenge of making mistakes and and learning from them, and I think, you know, the better you get at accepting that, because mm. um, because early on you fight it, yeah, you do, um, right. or I did, yeah, um, and it made it really hard, way harder than it needed to be, yeah, um, and 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 in in acknowledging that and learning it and opening up to it, you just you just get better faster. So it's now awesome. you do you catch yourself. Uh, I do. I catch myself thinking like, I know what I'm doing. And that's exact that that's the red flag for me <laughs> to go like, wait, you think you know what you're doing. Yeah. That's bad. I I, I think I know <laughs> I, I think I know less what I'm doing now than ever. Yeah. Um which is an exciting Which is also terrifying. I no, suppose. but it, it's also an exciting uh thing because yeah. you, you it's not about what you, it's about sort of uh your talents and your yeah. abilities to Well it's to also find kind of about what you don't know. Right. Because especially, you know, the way things are changing and the way we're communicating and the and the and the volume of platforms you have by which to tell your stories, mm. um, you know, the fundamentals are fine, but like all the ways that we can experiment now, like yeah. they're fascinating. Yeah. And and you know, we're um we just um sold in this next year's uh thing for 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 skittles for super mm -hmm. bowl mm -hmm. and it's unlike anything i've ever done and i don't know it might be horrible it yeah. might be amazing right like but i've never done it before yeah and i'm gonna learn a ton that's cool and you know there's a lot of logic that suggests it should work right you know um <laughs> but but i've never done it before yeah so i can't go like oh yeah, yeah this is you know out of that you know Right. In, in in 2004, we did something very similar, and then blah, blah, blah. You know, right, yeah. You, you know, you don't have that play. Yeah, and I think that's that's when good things happen. Yeah, when I hope you, so. When you're, <laughs> I'm banking on it. When you're, uh, hey, guys, we really got to figure this out, or we're going to look like idiots. You know, mm -hmm. it's sort of, uh, if you force yourself to do that. Um, so what, uh, how do people reach reach you? How can they uh, find out more about you and, and, and the DDB uh, philosophy and all that? Um. That's an excellent. Where question. should they send their books? Who should so, they? Who should they? Who should they email? Britt Hayes. Is oh our yes, head of, is of our course. Head of talent. Head she of people. Is, she's the chief people officer. She's the. She really is just runs, right? runs the joint. I mean, she's she's, she's got a cool. She's title everything. Though. Yeah, and she's very nice. Yeah, she's sensational. Um, and uh, her email is Britt with two T's at ddb.com. Very simple. Britt um, at ddb.com. And she's she's lovely. Um, please do send She's her very, very nice. Your books. She hired me at, at, at JWT. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, she looks after um, the region and, and, and stretches into the globe at times. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and you've got all those, all a bunch of, you got We Are, we are United, right? We Are Unlimited, yeah. We Are Unlimited, yeah, yeah. sorry. Damn no, it. That's fine. That's fine. They're in yeah. Chicago, obviously, DDV Chicago, San yeah. Francisco. Yeah. Uh, we've got Tracy Locke in, in Texas. We have, um, you know, DDB here in, in New York. Um, we have Tribal in New York and Spike in New York. Mm -hmm. um, up in Canada, if you if you guys like Canada, yeah, Canada's good. It's we fantastic. like Canada. It's very nice. Uh -huh. It's very Toronto's fantastic. Toronto. Montreal's beautiful. Toronto. 
yeah, we have Toronto. 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 That's what that's the way they taught me. We have Montreal, Quebec if you like French. Yeah. Um we always hub in Toronto because yeah. it's the largest office and everyone yeah. comes in. But I, yeah. I think so. Cool. Yeah. Well, it was nice to have you here. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you wanna that you wanna tell anybody? No, I feel like this is very, very thorough. Yeah. That's good. Okay, good. Yeah. Thank you, uh, it was nice having you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. And it was good to see you. And uh, we'll get the other side of the story and we'll just, from Mark, and we'll just yeah. pop it into the episode. It'll become like a dateline. Yeah. Be nice. It'll be like, dun dun. <laughs> what are you really yeah. meant? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I went into voiceover. We're going to do a there. reenactment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, I love you. Uh, I also love you, Mark. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, Tom. So that was my conversation with Ari Weiss. Great guy. Uh, we've known each other for a long time. It's good to see him again. And uh, I think he's going to do a lot of good things over there at DDB. Thanks for listening. This has been the A-List Podcast. I'm Tom Chrisman. And please share us and like us and click us and listen and you know tell your friends about us. Thank you very much.